0: good to be here. I don't like being late. And we made a misturn over there coming up the hill at the forts, and headed down toward Chickamauga. And being the smart man I am, I punched in that GPS, Taddy Lane. I followed it, Brother David. and it took me down below Mission Ridge Church. And <laughs> a dead end. And so I said, well, we got to go back where we know where we're at, and then we get there. But anyway, we're here. I praise the Lord for it. Thank God for the service. Thank God for the good singing. Thank God for the giving. You know, I've been thinking about this, Brother Gravity. The Bible said God loveth a cheerful giver. And I tell you how much he loves cheerful giving. He loves it so much he'll never let you be a giving grouch. You never saw a grouch that was happy. I mean, a giver that was Grouchy, and you never seen a tight while this happy. That's right, yeah, man. God loves cheerful giving. Yes. Now, some of you wives know what's wrong with your husband, don't you? <laughs> some of your husbands know what's wrong with your wife. But anyway, good to be saved. I appreciate the Lord. Appreciate the privilege to be here. And you do pray God will bless us and help us, and the Lord's will be done. I, you may notice I'm moving somewhat slower, and I got on different kind of dress shoes, Brother Gravely. Yes, They're Walmart special, ten dollars. I have a pinched nerve in lumbar five, and I'm looking at the neurosurgeon on two, in two weeks. I'm wearing a brace to pick up this foot. I got what they call a drop foot, and so I'm hobbling, Brother Lenny. I'm just doing my best to stay upright, and uh, I appreciate the Lord letting me come on and be with you, and you pray for God to help us and bless us, and the Lord's will be done. I've always, you know, I'm going to get in trouble before I even start. But Sister K, if you remember these days, I remember when we had church clothes. And we had church shoes. I made that statement some time ago and somebody said, What's that? Yeah. Well, I'm sorry for if you don't know. But I've always tried to dress like a Christian ought to dress when I go with respect to the house of God. And I'm not taking off my tie. I'm not taking off my coat. I'm not going the way of the contemporary. By the grace of God, I'm going to stay where I was at. You see me, the Lord willing, 10 years from now, if I last that long, other than losing some of my hair, I want to look back like I do now. Amen. I may have to get a haircut like Brother David, but uh, anyway, we'll make it by the grace of God. Thank God for his goodness. Well, I hope you feel good in the Lord. Let's stand together, if you would, please. Your Bible open. Ephesians chapter number two, if you're able to stand and I do want to say again, thank you for the support you send us for the radio month after month. We're still broadcasting about 120 times a day and our radio bill still is up near $5,000 a month and God just takes care of it and I praise him for it. But thank you for faithfulness and your part of supporting radio ministry. Ephesians, one of my favorite books of the Bible. It really is, I love it. Verse number one, chapter two. The Bible said, and you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. Wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath even as others. And I did not select this passage because somebody's already mentioned this a couple of times. But verse number four, thank God for that Holy Ghost conjunction where God but sin. Bible says verse number four, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he he loved us. Even when we're, we're dead in sin, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace you're saved and hath raised us up together and hath made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show you the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. For by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God not of works, lest any man should boast. For where his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore remember that ye being in times past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision, but that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, having, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Let me stop reading there for time's sake. You do keep your Bible open and we'll have a word of prayer. Then you can be seated and ask God to speak to us tonight from his eternal word. Let's bow for a moment of prayer. Our precious heavenly Father, again, dear Lord, tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I come before you to pray. Father, I do want to say thank you for the joy of salvation. Well, I want to thank you one more time. You let me be born in America. You let me hear the gospel. You save me by the marvelous grace of God Lord, you call me to preach, you put me in ministry, you have kept me there all these years. And the Lord, you have given to me great joy and victory and knowing I'm serving you. So I bow to you this evening, the Lord, I confess I know within me that is within my flesh dwelleth no good thing. I know, dear Lord, without the leadership of the Holy Spirit, without the power of God, my efforts are vain. So, Father, I want to thank you for the privilege to be back at Bible Baptist Church. Lord, I pray no one will leave here tonight disappointed with the preaching of the word of God. I don't know, Lord, I cannot meet their needs, but I know you can, and I pray you will. May we all be like young Samuel. May we just sit back and say, Speak, Lord, thy servant heareth thee. Help me to help your people, and you save the unsaved. And for all that you do, Father, I'll give you praise, honor, and glory. Because I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you, you maybe. See that? Do keep your Bible open, please. The see name with the message for tonight from the Word of God. There are many great titles given to the book of Ephesians. If I can, I won't take my time a little bit and just deal with what's on my heart tonight. But in my book on church epistles, the church epistles, I call this enrichment in the book of Ephesians. And I know of no book in the Bible that will enrich the soul of a believer like a study of the book of Ephesians will. Amen. And i am watching myself, but back in chapter number one, we have this unique relationship that believers have in the Lord Jesus Christ. I wanna point this out, just drop and you can preach it after I'm gone, all right? But in verse number three, we find out that we have a foundational relationship. We're chosen in Christ. That is our foundation. On Christ the solid rock I stand, but to use a scriptural text, in Christ the solid rock I stand as well. Thank God I have a sure foundation that's both sure and steadfast in the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse number four, verse number five, that's verse four, verse number five, I have a family relationship. Yes. I've been adopted under the children of the Lord Jesus Christ, adopting his sons. And verse number six, I have a favored relationship. Yes. I am accepted, makes my muse want to run away, yes. but I'm accepted in the beloved. Right, if I appeared at the gate of heaven under the name of It below the angel and say, I'm sorry. I find nothing in the book of life to let you in under that name. But as a black preacher said, I want to save him, them, oh no, you done got me wrong. I'm not coming here in the name of Stanley Blue, but I'm coming here in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that done went down a cavern and shed his blood for me. That angel gonna say, get in here, man. We can't bar nobody in this city that done talk like that. But thank God it is a favored relationship. Just as much as Christ is accepted, I'm accepted and then in verse number six, verse number seven, rather, it is a forgiven relationship. The forgiveness of our, I like this preacher, S-I-N-S. Yep. If you had not figured that out, that's all of them. That's, right. that's all of them. They're all gone. Hallelujah. They're all washed away. They're all cleansed. They're all covered yep. by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse number 10, it's a future relationship that in the ages and dispensation to come. But in verse number 13, it is a finalized relationship. I never thought about this preacher until just yesterday, today, as I was pondering on this. But the Bible talks about that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Now, I'll give in just a moment. I'll give you this, and I'm gonna come to chapter two and preach. You know, when you take a legal document The first thing you do, you start at the top, you put your name on it, all that information, read down through it. But the last thing on that document, that notary public stamps a seal on it. That finalizes the transaction. I'm glad that there's a seal of God stamped upon my soul that finalizes my salvation forever. But may I say this, it's not always been that way. So we come to chapter number two, and I divide this chapter into four parts. I will not preach all four of them, but I will give you a little bit, the Lord willing. In chapter number two, verse one, down through verse number three, we have what I'm calling the satanic, the satanic attack against us, the satanic work that is against us. We'll look at that in a moment. Then in verse number four, down through, pardon me, verse number uh, four, down through verse number 10, we have the sovereigns working toward us. And verse number 13 and 14, 12 and 13, 11, 12 and 13, we have the saviors working for us. Then in verse number 18 through verse number 22, we have the spirit working within us. So we got Satan working against us, The sovereign God working toward us, the Savior working for us, and the Spirit of God working inside us. I will look at the first two especially tonight. First of all, I want to look at, let me just say this before I deal with it. In studying chapter number two, the first seven verses, there's a simple outline that most preachers who have been preaching very long have used. I remember I was a young preacher, Brother Gravely, and I was preaching Brother Virgil Barnard at Fellowship down at Stone Mountain back in the early 70s. I said, the old fad, that preacher's fellowship meeting, she keep okay, your husband preaching that same meeting, I'll leave that in there. But uh, I was preaching there in that meeting, and uh, one morning studying, Brother Lanny, I saw this. And I thought, boy, I have found something nobody's ever found before. I went over there and preached it and I don't know how many preachers come up to me and said, I got an outline like that. I got that outline. Well, I got mine from the end line. But in verse number one, two, and three, if you're saved, is your past. Verse four, five, and six, if you're saved, is your present. Verse number seven is your prospect. You got a past, we got a past, we got a present, but thank God we got a prospect. There's more to come and the best is yet to come right. for the people of God. Absolutely. But I want to see you on these first three verses that I didn't preach on for a little while, on the satanic work against us. Let me give you something that scares me. Before I was ever born, before you were ever born, the devil long, long time ago started an attack on the human race all the way back to Garden of Eden. Yes, and down through the centuries, the devil has always been on the offensive against the people of God. Yes. And the prospect of what God wants to do, the devil doesn't like it and he doesn't want it to happen to us. First of all, as a result of the satanic attack against us in verse one, we were spiritually dead. And you hath he quickened, you hath he made alive, who were dead. I'm glad I'm a were dead. Jesus Christ, John fell down at his feet there in Revelation chapter number one, and, and Jesus said to him, uh, So to speak, get up, lay his hand on him, lift him up, I'm he that liveth and was dead. I'm glad I'm a was dead. Amen. I am a was dead. But every one of us, we're dead in trespasses and in sin. Yeah. You may never drink, you never, may, may never committed some great sin, but every one of us, every one of us were dead. We were dead. We were dead, we were dead, we had no life eternally. We were without God, without hope in the world, and our destination was sealed to the pits of hell. We were dead in trespasses and sin, but thank God, God quickened us when we were dead. Yes. I am no longer dead. I have been quickened by the quickening power of God. Yes. Number two, I want you to notice this. Not only was a spiritual dead, we are spiritually dead, but we were satanically deceived. Look yes. okay, at verse number 2 "Where in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, that worketh in the children of disobedience. I know many of you have been saved a long time, but I hope you've not been saved so long that you can't remember. Go back and look in your life when you thought you were as good as the church folk are. You thought, I'm gonna make it. Surely somehow God let me in. You know, what caused us to be that way? The devil and his deception is still alive today as much as it was in the Garden of Eden. Amen. So we were spiritually dead. We were satanically deceived. In verse number three, the first part of it, we were self-dominated. Look at verse number three. The Bible said among them also, we all, so that includes you, we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh. And of the mind, and and, uh, and fulfilling the desires of the flesh, and of the mind, so we see here that without Christ, every sinner is not only satanically, he is spiritually dead, he is satanically deceived, but he is self-dominated. My flesh, your flesh is wicked in the sight of God. There's nothing holy, there's nothing righteous, there's nothing good about us. And if we let our flesh have its way, it will take us down a course that takes us away from God and away from the things that are righteous. Not only in this satanic work against us, we're spiritually dead. We are satanically deceived. We're self-dominated both our mind and our flesh. Then we're surely down. God makes a statement in the last part of verse number three that I know, know, don't know any other statement in the Bible comparable to it. The Bible said, and you were and I were by nature the children of wrath. The children of wrath. The children of wrath. Every one of us had the judgment of God hanging over us. Everyone us did. Everyone else did. We were surely damned. The damnation, the judgment of God was upon us because of our sin. So in that satanic work against us, we were spiritually dead, we were satanically deceived, we were self dominated, and we were surely damned. But now we come to verse number four. Here we see, in the midst of our condition spiritually dead, satanically deceived, self-dominated, surely damned, when it looked like God ought to have cast us into hell. That's right. That's right. But instead of doing a work of judgment against us, thank God he started doing a work of grace toward us. You preacher, what happened? Look at verse number four. Bad God! Bad God! When I was spiritually dead, by God, when I was satanically deceived, but God, when I self-dominated, but God, when I was surely dead, bad God. Can I say Hallelujah? Thank God, God bided into this situation and brought hope when there was no hope, and help when there was no help, and joy when there's no joy, and salvation of sinners. I'm telling you, God it in and changed a story for us who are saved by the grace of God. You see "How to do it?" Preaching verse some before. He loved us. While we were spiritually dead, satanically deceived, self-dominated, surely damned, God loved us. Amen. Amen. But God commended up his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever weepeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And no greater love hath any man than this, man lay down his life for his. I want to say this tonight, and I speak to myself, and you can speak to yourself, but I want to tell you there was a time when we were not so lovable. Did I deserve the love of God a thousand times? No. Did you deserve it? No, 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 no. But he loved me, not because of me, but he loved me in spite of me. I don't care what side of the track you grew up on. I don't care who your parents are. You may not even know who your parents are. I don't care what your past is, and I'm saying it in regard to what I'm preaching tonight. I can tell you without hesitation, full assurance in my soul there is a God in heaven that loved you past tense, that still loves you present tense, and will love you until the day becomes your judge and his wrath is turned loose on you if you don't come to him and receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But he loved us you may say, nobody loves me, i want to tell you. You can go home tonight, there's one that loves you. 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 That loves you. I don't care who you are, what you've done, where you're at, where you come from. God loves sinners and Christ died for you. He loves you tonight. But not only loved us in verse number four, but he liberates us in verse number five. The Bible uses the word again that he uses. Back up in verse number one, the Bible said, and when we were dead in in sins, he hath quickened us. Can I say nothing I could have done, nothing you could have done, nothing anyone else could have done for us could have quickened us. Oh, thank God, the Spirit of God planted the seed of the word of God in the womb of a soul that was without God and God the Holy Ghost watered that with the prayers of the saints of God, the testimony of God's people and God birthed us. He made us alive. He raised us from the dead. He brought us out. Thank God he liberated us. I am no longer bound in the chains of sin. Not only did I find he loved us, verse number he liberated us verse number five but in verse number six he lifted us the Bible said in verse number six and have raised us up together one of the things I love about the Lord and salvation God never saves a person and leaves them in their sinful condition no no he never saves a sinner and leads him to a sinful lifestyle he brought me up out of the miry clay out of a horrible pit out of the clay I don't know your, most of you of the past I don't know but brother Gravely I am convinced a congregation this size there's some old X's you understand what I'm saying ex-drunks, ex-liars, ex-thieves, ex-down-the-line. But you sure don't look like one tonight. Amen. 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 When God saves a sinner, he does not leave him there. He lifts him up. He brings him out. Yes, yes. I want you notice the fourth thing. Not only, my friend, we got the fact that God loved us, verse four. God, lit, God liberated us, verse five. And God lifted us in verse number six. But then in verse number eight and nine, 10, and we find in these three verses, God not only loved us and loosed us and liberated us, but God labors on us." Look at me just a moment. But Lanny, I cannot claim any glory at all on my salvation. The God of heaven came where I was at. What we call a work of conviction. But Jack, I wasn't looking for God. I was not looking for God. I was up in the new ground working that afternoon on the farm, what we call the new ground. I know all grounds the same age, but you gotta be a farmer to understand the new ground. But I was up there working and all of a sudden I become aware of the fact though I was by myself, I was not by myself. God! was that and God started a work yes. you say brother how do you know that before he got through can I say that I was wanting to get saved amen I'm just telling you what happened. I went on to church that same night. Revival was going on. I got saved the first day. I was put under conviction. Got saved under conviction. That noon, got saved that night at church. And I have no greater grace. But I want to tell you something. It was not the work of a balloon. It's not the work of my parents. It's not the work of my siblings. It's not the work of the church. But God, but God, but God came. To me, he came where I was. I could not get him, but he came to me and God started to work in my soul as a nine year old boy. Somebody say, preacher, how do you know it's God? It still is. He's still working. 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 Verse number eight. But by grace are you saved through faith. Not, not of yourself; it's a gift of God. Not of works or a sin, and Now look at this, verse 10. For we're his workmanship. Anything good about any of us is not the fruit of our working, but the fruit of his working in our life. You know, one of the things, I, I'm, I'm really glad that salvation is all of grace. Because I would hate to hear a bunch of bragging Baptists in heaven talking about how I'd done and what I went through with to get here. When we get there, and I'm just using a gesture, Brother Gravely, we'll point at the Lamb of God and say, it's because of him. It's because of him. It's all because of him. It's all because of God's amazing grace. It's all because of that. So we see the satanic work against us and then we see the sovereign's work toward us. He loved us, he liberated us, he lifted us and he labored on us. But then verse number 11 through verse number 17, we see the Savior's work for us. I wanna spend just a little bit of time on this before I finish tonight. I want you to notice in this chapter I don't even have this wrote down in my notes, but anyway, let me just mention it. In this chapter, there's a lot of duels, twos, twins, whatever you want to call them. There's two people, people of God, people of Satan. There's two periods of time, past, present. One verse even mentions the future. There's two powers, power of God, power of Satan. I want to tell you something. I want you to look at, first of all, at our past as God's people, in verse number eleven, the Bible said, "Wherefore, remember that ye being here it is in times past Gentiles." Let me stop just a moment. I know you know this, but I want to reiterate it. In the Bible, there are times, Brother Gravely, when the Bible speaks of the Gentile as being non-Jew, but there are also times it speaks of those who are being not God's people, lost heathen. We call them. We use the word heathen a lot. God said that in verse number number 11, wherefore remember that that at that time, that ye in times past in the flesh by that which is called the circumcision, that's the Jews in the flesh, were made by him, look at this verse 12, but at that time you were without Christ. Being aliens, from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, and having no hope, and without God in the world. That deals with our past. I outlined it this way. Verse number 12, you see our destitution. We were without Christ. You see our difficulty, we were aliens and strangers. You see our distress having no hope you see our distance we're afar off every one of us destitute every one of us difficulty aliens and strangers every one of us in distress having no hope every one of us at far distance from God afar off that's where we were. But now look at verse number. Let's look, look at verse number 13. God took care of each of these. Notice. In verse number 12, we were without Christ. But in verse 13, we're in Christ. God takes care of that being without Christ anymore. In verse number 12, we're aliens and strangers. But in verse number 19. We're no more foreigners and strangers but fellow citizens. That takes care of us being aliens. In verse 14 and 15, back in verse number 12, we had no hope. But now then, the Bible tells us in verse number 14, he takes care of that because he is our hope. And then while we were far off, we're made not under Christ. And this takes care of the fact that we were afar off. Let me just say this tonight. In Christ Jesus, his death at the cross for us, he took care of everything the devil, the sin, the flesh of this world had wrought in our lives. We're, served, we're saved with a perfect salvation just as sure as you sit in the pew here tonight at this place. So you got the satanic work against us. You got the sovereign work toward us. You got the Savior's work for us. Now then look at verse number 18. Here's the Spirit's work within us. Look at verse number 18 and 19. The Bible said, for through him we have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Now therefore you're no more strangers and foreigners but, uh, but fellow citizens of the saints of the household of God. We have access because of the Spirit of God that lives inside us. I'm glad I don't have to call the Pope. No offense, preacher, I don't have to call the pastor. I do call people and ask them to pray for me, but I'm glad that I have a straight line to the Father in glory. And I have a standing invitation to cast all my care upon him for he cares for me. I have a standing invitation to come boldly to the throne of grace that I might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. I have a standing invitation come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That barrier in the Old Testament said, Keep out. But when Christ died, the veil reared in twain from the top to the bottom. And now we have access. Philippians 4, 6, the Bible said, let your requests be made known unto God. We have access. Verse number 19, we have acceptance. In verse number 19, we're no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the, with the saints and of the household of God. I want to tell you something. I, I, I just... Well, I have my own opinion, but I'll keep it to myself right now. I just don't understand people who say they're saved and don't enjoy church. To me, to say you're saved and don't go to church is to say you're married and don't ever go home. Amen. 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 I enjoy. I enjoy. Now, I'm not trying to get in trouble, Brother Gravely. I enjoy this. I enjoy you calling me Brother Blue. I, I've heard some doctors, so many times I get sick of being a doctor. I remember going to one meeting. They had doctor, 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 doctor. And one fellow said to me, he said, I'm not going over there. Must be a lot of sick people in that church that are going to have that <laughs> many doctors there. I have, a, I have two doctor's degrees. One I earned and one was given to me. But, and I'm not against them. Not against it at all. I say that. But I'll tell you, I'm part of the household. I'm part of the household. I'm part of the family. I can walk up to you and look you in the eyeball and call you brother, call you sister. There's a connection, there's a connection, there's a connection that I never get tired of. I'm accepted with God's people. I'm no longer a stranger, no longer a foreigner, no longer a pilgrim. I am one of that crowd that called himself the family of God. But not on this, we have access, verse 18, we have acceptance, verse 19, but in verse number 20, we have acquaintance and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. I never met the apostles. I never met the early church disciples. But I want to tell you one thing. They're part of my family. I'm on their team without an apology. I stand with that crowd. I have acquaintance. That acquaintance is too. I know the same God they know. I love the same Bible they loved. I love the church they loved. You know, I'm, I'm hitting that again, but it's just, you study the New Testament, Brother Grant, and everybody that made a profession of salvation wound up in church. Then Philippians was over there with the pastors and deacons. Yes. Amen. Amen. I'm glad to be identified. Amen. I love brother. I love sister. And then finally, we have association. Look at verse number 21 and 22. The Bible said in whom all the building, I love this, fitly framed together. You know, it would be amazing. This is a beautiful sanctuary. I praise the Lord for it. But well, there's a lot of work behind the sheetrock. And I got news to so if you didn't know it. They didn't go down to Home Depot and buy that wall of sheetrock and bring it up here and just stick it up there. There had to be some cutting going on, some corners cut off, some boards made shorter. The rafters had to be cut at an angle. But boy, when a good carpenter gets through with it, they fitly framed together. That's right. yeah. You're not a barb in my skin. You're not a burr under my saddle. You're right with God. We fit in. We fit, we fit together. We fit together. Let me read on. He said, uh, he said in the latter part of verse number 21, fitly framed together, grow it out into a holy temple. in the Lord. Now look at verse number 22. In whom you also are building together for an inhabitation of God through the Spirit. Isn't it amazing? It would be amazing to go back to this building just a moment, Brother Gravely. It would be amazing to know where all this woodwork originally came from, what forest the trees were cut out of. And a lot of the other parts of the building, Brother Jack. But you know what? A man who knows anything about building, knows who to see, where to get the material and that building supply knows what materials needed. That carpenter knows how to cut every piece. And I assure you, we're dealing with a master carpenter. And I don't care how much you may be out of shape, if you're unsaved, he can trim off your corners, make you fit together, frame you together and make you a part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. From sinking ground to sainted glory by saving grace, God can do it. Let's stand together, please. I didn't think I'd ever cover that chapter tonight, but anyway, I could have gone a lot deeper, I guess, but I believe I've done what the Lord wants me to do. The musicians are coming. I want to say this tonight. If you're saved, rejoice in it. Thank God for what he's done. If you're not saved, I want to tell you something. He loves you as much as he loves Pastor Gravely. He loves you as much as he loves Brother Blue, Brother Jack, anybody in here. He loves every one of us. He loves you tonight. If you're not saved, you'll come to him. He'll work on you. He'll lift you. He'll love you. He'll lift you. He'll liberate you. He'll labor on you. You become his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good work. Father, you know the need tonight. Do what you wanted to do, what needs to be done, Lord. We'll give you praise, honor, and glory for all you do. Have your way. These moments of invitation. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. What are we singing, brother? Two sixty-four.